propaganda as an art, sabotage as a business against a machine. It's like creating free space so people can do their thing. It's challenging authority. You know, if the cops come, the cops come. Welcome to the Pages Against the Machine podcast. I am your host, Amir. And today, today I am very excited to bring the guests that we have. You know, there's some people that are really magnetic and it's a blast to engage you with that back and forth exchange and everything. And then there's those people where it's like, they're so full of wisdom and intelligent that you just, you just want to listen. You need to sit back and just have that knowledge dropped on you and gain that wisdom. And to be honest, today's guest, like it's both of those things. Like talking to this guy, I've learned so much. It's, it's shaped my perspective. Obviously, I'm somebody with some deep-seated convictions and, and philosophies and things. And to be able to have a conversation with someone that just expands upon that, it's it's an awesome thing. This, this dude, he's so many things. He's an executive director of People's Justice uh, Project. He's an author. Um, he's an organizer of the black working class. And just all around, he's just a super powerful black man, which is fucking awesome. And we all have a lot to learn from <laughs> him. So... Welcome, none Hold other up. than Aramis Malachi Ture Sundiata. Welcome to the Pages Show, Thank man. You. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having us. We really, we really appreciate and humble that we have this discussion. As for I'm real. Right. So I talk, I talked to him. You know, I called him to check in last weekend. Um, usually, like a quick little check in, like tech specs, like shit, like that. We ended up talking for like two hours or something. And since since last week my entire week has been influenced in the stuff that I've been reading. I've been learning, researching, you know, one of the coolest things about doing this, this show that I'm doing is that it allows me to just really research and study the shit that I do anyway, but it gives me a reason to, because now I can talk about it and I can bring information, you know, to you and ideas and bring people that are interesting and have a lot to say and, and be able to, to, you know, actually have that conversation with them. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, I appreciate it. I appreciate your support, you know, like subscribe, that type of thing. Got to build the platform up. Uh, so, like I said, we had this conversation that just, you know, it, it just, it was a highlight of my weekend last weekend, and we talked about so much stuff. But basically, the thing that Aramis really shifted in my in my take on things is about colonization and the role of colonization. Before that conversation, you would have came up to me and you would ask, like, so what's, what's the number one thing? What's the number one thing that is creating so many of the problems in the world that we see right now? And I would be like... Yeah, it's capitalism. Like everything traces back to capitalism. And he shifted my mentality from his real life experience um, of, of being black in this country as being an organizer, as being a revolutionary and all of these things. And he made me open and realize the idea that maybe it's colonization is the root of the problem. That capitalism is just the mechanism that colonization, op colonization operates economically. Racism is the philosophy of colonization, but colonization is the actual power structure, the dominant structure that is the heart of the majority of conflict. And, you know, that was really interesting to me because I would have said, yeah, you know, capitalism is the top. Capitalism looks like colonization and everything, uh, just like racism looks like part of, you know, capitalism and everything. But he changed that. So, so Aramis, like, let's talk to the people listening. Oftentimes, people will think that the problem is because of lack of money. Lack of money. Right. And yeah, and so like, so for example, you have some leftists 
that'll spend their whole fucking career yeah. like talking about capitalism, but then yeah. vote for Bernie Sanders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> make excuses. Yeah. Not to name the actual conditions of the people. It's like if you don't go to the root mm. of the economic system, you will be running all day talking about we're progressives, we're progressives. Because yeah, I'm, I'm talking about capitalism. Yeah. And then to them, capitalism means $15 minimum wage. To them, it they means they mean health care for all. Yeah. To them, that is just basic shit. It's like you go to other countries, they have that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You go to Cuba, they have it. It's like, you think that's a revolutionary suggestion? Yeah. No. No, it's, it's not. not. It's a basic human right. So when we say colonialism, my brother, yeah. we define it this way as we this project. Colonialism mm-hmm. is defined by the political, economic, culture, and military domination on one nation state over another for the purpose of economic gain to the mother country. Colonies are to remain dependent to the mother country. Okay. The indigenous land theft and the African labor then land theft for minerals is the prerequisite for of colonial hegemony of the Western Hemisphere okay. and Europe, which gave birth to the current economy known as capitalism. Mm. Thus, when you praise the colonists of the Western Hemisphere, one must acknowledge that without these contradictions, the white working class would not exist. Without, yeah. without the extraction of the of of our people, the African working class and other oppressed people, that is how we define it. Okay. And so, even if that is why it's difficult for white leftists yeah. to identify colonialism, is because they benefit from it, and so yeah. their reality the worldview of the colonized, yeah. just like our worldview is the relationship to the colonizer. So when we say these statements, it's like, sorry, white leftists. <laughs> that is not really what it is. Yeah. Because your solution is going to be on the backs of the African working class of people, period. Because you cannot imagine a world of freedom without our labor. 100% true. You can't. You're going to be able to allow the colonization of Iran. Yeah. You're going to be able to say, we're the white left, we are the, we're the progressives, but okay with the Iraq war. Yeah. You will sit there and defend it. You do it all the time. Yeah. Then you, will def- you will look at your cousins and uncles who attacked the Capitol and tell them, well, that's not patriotic enough. <laughs> what you are actually saying is that you identify with them because you wish you could do it, but you're a leftist. Because you are going to have to figure out that the Capitol building, your uncles that went down to talking about racism, is in solidarity with Western hegemony. Period. Yeah. And, I mean, like, and this is just funny about it. It's like, and then they'll get upset 
when you call their shit out. It's like, nigga, I'm what? I mean, like, you, I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is the reality. You know what I mean? Like, and then they're trying to defend what would you get? When we were when we were critical of Bernie Sanders, yeah, and Luke Warren and all them motherfuckers, some of my best friends, some of my greatest friends, were like, "Why are you coming at? You know, we have it's better than Trump." So remember, I told you before we have position. It's like we are against colonialism and slavery, mm. not better form of it because your grandfather's the entire system itself is the problem yeah because no matter no matter what guy is in you know political office power president of the united states you know donald trump or you know a white socialist or something even though obviously that's more in alignment with ideals and ideologies on the left in general the problem is the white dude is still the one on top part of the same system that oppresses colonization and that's you know there's so much i mean literally everybody watching listening you get it like you understand why i'm so happy to have Armis on the show like he brings a whole other perspective that challenges i mean there were so many things you just said the first thing that really struck me that that you know we're, that that you just laid it out is that it's what happened it, it's it's my experience obviously um i see capitalism as the problem when in reality that is a symptom of the colonization um, because I personally, as, as a white passing person in the United States, can't fully consider myself a colonized person. I'm blind to that. You know, if I, you know, given that I'm Kurdish, my background there, if I was living in, in you know, the Middle East and stuff, I would be able to identify with it more personally because it would be my experience of colonization. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, white people listening, don't be like all upset and hurt. You can take up the struggle for colonization and, or against colonization, everything, once you become aware of it. So, you know, Aramis right now, what he did with me is he he brought this to my attention, you know, and now I see where everything else just intersects with that. And that is, is really the fundamental aspect. And so like, yo, those listening, I encourage you to do the same. Think about it. Like think Think about it, consider it, and don't don't talk about your white privilege and shit. Think about how you can empower, you know, use your power to fight the colonization, the structure here. So, like you're saying, like, you know, there may be some people that don't think of black people in the United States, you know, that, that can't experience, you know, the black American experience that, that you can. Um, so they don't understand it, but they don't see, probably a lot of people don't initially see black Americans as a colonized people. They, you know, white leftists and they were like, oh, yeah, they're fellow Americans. We're all equal in this and that. But that's that's not true. So no. let's talk about the colonization no. of black America. When we under, when we talk, this is the fundamental aspect. We were taken by gunpoint. Mm. OK. And so once that phenomena emerged it created what we know as capitalism. But it first has to deal with Europe going through their own internal contradictions because the Ottoman the blockade. They literally took Constantinople. That was it. It was like, okay, now you have to think of the Dark Ages. You know what I'm saying? They are literally fighting. I mean, come on, man. There's nowhere on the planet where you can find historically that there was something called centralized government. 
Like, the Roman Empire was brutal. Yeah. 97% of the population weren't slaves. Yeah. There's nowhere on the earth where that existed, okay? Mm-hmm. And so once that failed state fell, because capitalism, what does it have to do? They're in feudal, I'm at, they're in feudal stage. Yeah. They, they have to get resources, not producing anything. See what I'm saying? And so what they had to do, they had to answer the question. It took about, what, 600 some years? So Chris <laughs> was like, yo, I'm about to go home yeah. and Bella, and then go over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the trade wasn't coming. So we, when we say, we discuss these phenomena, when we say capitalism rests on the pedestal of our labor and the land theft of the West Hemisphere, that's just what happened. It's like, yeah. I told my wife, I told my wife the other day, have you ever thought why the hell there's so many black people in Jamaica? I have not. I told her, like, it, that, the, what, we're not supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like, do you ever want, like, I, I tell her, like, I tell people all the time, it's like, we are not supposed to be here. Yeah. We were only supposed to be walking and thinking commodities for capital. Therefore, our relationship to the political system mm-hmm. is always going to be to fight it. Whether you can be Donald Kaepernick, you know, over there kneeling, or some Negro named Aramis in the streets with fraternal black power. Like, everything we do has to do with the kidnap of our people from the continent, and we're always yeah. trying to get back to it. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where, um, not to cut you off, but so in the United States, we average, average American, they hear the word colony, colonization, they think of the Revolutionary War, they think of, of, you know, America gaining its independence from Britain and the 13 original colonies and this positive sense and everything. And that's what Americans, the average American thinks of. And to them, that whole thing is so removed from reality. And, you know, a lot of people, oh, that was hundreds of years ago. You know, slavery is hundreds of years ago. Colonization, the Revolutionary War was hundreds of years ago. But that framework is completely inaccurate because, like, let's be real. White people that broke away from England were colonizers who decided to wage a guerrilla campaign against fellow colonizers to create their own colonizing state of over the slaves and the indigenous people that were there. And so the reality is hundreds of years from now, when, when historians, when people look back, if people continue to exist, you know, the past century to century will just, will, will be the same era. Everything, you know, hundred years, 200 years seems so long ago in the present reality, it's nothing. And when they study this point of history, they will see, obviously, the world wars tie into it, everything. But yeah. it was the hegemony of Europe who owned the world. If you don't believe me, pull up a map. Just right now, ask Jeeves, hit it up. What countries in the world were colonized by Europe? The map is everything. And those that weren't colonized were under the influence. And it still exists. It changed what it looked like. It went from right. a hard colonization in which the the colonizer actually lived there and had societies and cultures to more of an economic control under America. Right now, America has colonized the world. If you don't believe me, they shun every country, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, any country that doesn't want to be under America's influence, which is kind of the idea now of what colonization is in the West. 
neoconservatives and all that will say, oh yeah, we were the victors. We got Britain to get rid of their colonies, you know, after the World War One, World War Two, that type of thing. Reality is then America just stepped in and colonized the world through neoliberalism and just in, in the economic system. And that's the thing. So people don't understand how modern this shit is. The entire history of the past 100, 200 years is the dissolution of Western European dominance, hegemony, and control of the world to the autonomy of, of countries and stuff breaking away from that sphere. World War One, World War Two. What we're seeing now, the Kurdish struggle, obviously in the Middle East. I mean, everywhere in the world, you looked at like the Algerians getting rid of the French, the whole Vietnam War, the Iran-Iraq War. Like all of this stuff is fallout. It's directly intrinsically linked to colonization. America, the American Vietnam War was a continuation of the war against the empire and the colonization of the French years before. And so right. that's one of the things where it's like, this shit is relevant. It is happening now. It is not a distant thing. That being said, like, what, what are your thoughts on that, Armis? Like, First, one thing it triggered, one, one thing, and that's imperialism. That's different. Okay. Imperialism is, is the, when, I, I explain to my students and my team yeah. like this. Because you have people think imperialism is this big, the same grandiose. Yeah, no. So there's a difference. Different. There's okay. The difference. Listeners, listen. And this is important. You know, you got you got mugs. You know who we the state of revolution, right? And by Lenin, right? And like, oh, everything's imperialism. Imperialism is propaganda. It is when the state leaves the colony. Yeah. Okay. See what I'm saying? And so, yeah. if you had military bases yeah. in fucking Hong Kong, yeah. like, like that's yeah. not, you know. You okay. Remember when you were a kid, you yeah. know what I'm saying, and like you, you get like 18, and they, and they come, like the the whole military, sign for America, yeah. and, and they try to coerce you into it being this glorious thing. Yeah. Why the fuck are my friends in Germany? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, my neighborhood is like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? What yeah. really is a science to that? It's like. You don't see Germans' bases here. You know what I'm saying? You see the pigs. Yeah. That is the function of the state. So what I always tell people, the colonized communities do not get radicalized based off of a vote. They normally get radicalized based off of our relationship to the colonial forces. That is yeah. the state. That is the elect. Those yeah. are the police, the prison, yes. all of that shit. We don't, I, I guarantee, you know how many times you've seen an election go, and they're like, we want to get the black voters. Da, 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 da. Yeah. The reason that why you ain't convincing pandemic. niggas is because you ain't saying nothing to us. It's like, yeah. we never heard of this shit all the time, all the way to the first yeah. we got here. And everything we get in the West Hemisphere and abroad, the colonized, we must shed our blood. Yeah. You probably understand that. Because what you did say was interesting is that we don't even, as historians, we don't consider the war of independence a revolutionary war. Yeah. Because it kept the political economy. Mm. You see. It okay. still kept the... Oh, what, is, what do we got to be part Revolution is complete destructive yeah. economic system replaced with another one. Okay. That's a revolution. Let's say that. I want to reiterate that. That's very important. And this is something that, you know, a distinction. So there's two super important distinctions he drew there. You know, 
the old colonization of physically being in countries and having residents there in addition to the military and economic, that's colonization. What we have now is American imperialism where it's, yeah, we'll let you do your thing and have your governments and you'll have your self-autonomy and freedom, but reality, we're, you know, our influence on our economic sister uh, economics is economic system will remain there intact to exploit you and so imperialism has that kind of facade uh, a soft colonization but that's a great distinction um that, that you drew there second distinction and he's pointed this out to me before what is revolution you know a lot of people like to say the revolution you know beatles song you say one revolution all that. what is it a true revolution is when you destroy the economic system and replace it it cannot remain intact. That is a true revolution. It comes down to economics. Did did I say it correctly, Hermes? Just to yeah, yeah. I mean, like, cause you have people who get confused, right? Yeah. Like, 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 you 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 know, you have everyone throws the word around without proper science and examination of what a revolution looks like. Um, and so, like, you have you'll be watching TV, right, yeah. and think that uh, our revolution is something. It's right. like. No, it's an empty word not, in a lot of ways. Yeah, you you know, you know they'll say like the the, the revolution of Val Sassoon, some type of hair salon. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's oh, 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 a bank, a bank will get an app, and they'll be like, "We're revolutionizing banking because now you can do it from no. the phone." Yeah, because there's a dialectic relationship to the people and the revolution, man. When you've experienced it, what is possible? You're like, if look, brother. When you watch the masses of the people, we talk about Occupy, right? Yeah. That yeah. changed a lot of us. It was like, we can actually do this shit. But the problem during that time period was that we were always talking about capitalism, the 1%. Yeah. We weren't organized. You know what I'm saying? We were not organizing the way we do now. You know what I'm saying? We were in this movement yeah. around the 1% Wall Street, yeah. right? We're oh, Get rid of Wall Street and we're going to be just fine. Until trade, trade models happened yeah. at the same time, brother. Yeah. And so, like, that was happening at the same time. And so, like, we're like, wait a minute. Okay, we over here in New York doing our thing, whatever. All our friends were doing dope shit, taking mm-hmm. over Saxon Avenue, whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, but this brother just got shot by the pigs. And he ain't, and, and the dude, no, 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 yeah. George Zimmerman just shot this motherfucker. And, and, and we're like, yo, what, the, what, what is the contradiction? What's the primary question we're trying yeah. to answer here? Because when you're with, well, with, with some of my white comrades, like all they talked about was capitalism. Yeah. And that, that's when I always say, sometimes the white left have language because it's go left out of capitalism. It's like they, you feel left out of it because you want the, 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 the magnificent cake that capitalism can give to you. Yeah. You're mad at the boss. You know, we're not talking about bosses here. I like that. About, about, we're talking about colonizer and colonized. We're talking yeah. about the oppressed and the oppressor. Yeah. That relationship has nothing to do with your boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? My father like, so Bill Gates is not a capitalist? I'm like, Bill Gates was a product of capitalism because of 1884 when they colonized Congo. Yeah. Then I have to produce the digital age in the 90s yep. only a thing because of colonialism. Yeah. You know what I mean? it, everything that goes into the phone. Like everything. Yeah, I mean, right now, right now, I'm sitting, we're doing this podcast. We're doing this podcast. Obviously, I got a camera here. I got, you know, lenses, microphones, 
monitors, all this shit. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'm aware of the irony in that the only reason why I have this stuff and it's affordable is because it's a result of colonization because you'll say, Oh yeah, the camera, you know, the camera's made in China. Everything's made in China, but where does the shit come from? Where are the resources coming from? That is the root, right. and that is Africa. And that's why Africa was just yeah. hella colonized from, you know, the Dutch East India Company. Every, everybody wanted that's Africa because it had There's untapped resources and it had the people who could be colonized to extract and give their wealth to the colonies. And so that's it. Like, literally, you know, may, World War Three probably be fought over Africa. Like, because the, Africa has all of the mining, everything diamonds all this shit like that's it that is that is the world's resource breadbasket for you know the digital right. age and everything and now i forgive a lot of america because remember you said something really point i wanted to correct you on it real quick we talk about the imperialist war like the world war one world war two yeah right um when you examine what's happening it was a war against for the colonies okay because germany didn't have any colonies brother mm-hmm. They were so who had them was Britain, Britain France, France. They, had the, they, had the answer, they had the answer to the United States. The United States, what they end up doing was colonizing Latin America to yeah. answer the question of the 1808 Industrial Revolution. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, the secretary was killed. So when we discuss the transition of colonial domination um, or or the imperialist wars, it you. It's always and once once the imperial force happened, you never seen it happen again, did you? Because the thing was they had this thing called the Atlanticist. That's the UN. The that's all Atlanticist, yeah. Yeah, oh look that up, brother. Yep. That's that's the G seven. That's all of yep. them. It's like basically yep. what they're saying is that G twenty protests two thousand nine wild shit. We're I mean, not going to work together again. Yeah. Go ahead, United States, give us money over here to colonize Palestine. They're like, you go ahead, get it, you know, go ahead and go down and get um the what the Platt Amendment in nineteen yeah. for I forget what year. Oh, it was like everybody yeah. was like, Yo, can't do that again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We get our colonies, you got your colonies. And that's it's a continuation. Yeah. And so and so when you examine history, remember we always say history is only examination of time and space. Yeah. So it's right in front of your face. You can you I you know Ignorance is bliss, though. Right? I mean, people can walk around and be be ignorant to the conditions, but the masses of the people aren't. They know this shit's crazy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you can't. Remember, I talked. We were talking before about like the the petty bourgeoisie, like yeah. the, the petty bourgeoisie Negroes. I talk about. It's like I know. You, look, I've been black all my life, okay? <laughs> and it's like, it's like when you see a politician or a bourgeoisie Negro, you know. They made a choice. It's like, they made a choice. brother. Because when we talk about it, it's yeah. like, okay. you know. Define okay. that choice for those that haven't been following too. Huh? When, remember how Fernand talked about a white-skinned black man, Okay, right? we're going to get into him right after this. He's super yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. the boy about the uh, talented tent, right? Okay. Uh, there, there are these people who make a choice to betray the people. To betray the people. And, and, and 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 then become a neo-colonial because yeah. neo neo-colonial so, right to clarify your sorry um sorry to cut you off but i, I want to draw uh, clarify so you're saying that obviously under the pretext of colonialism 
an individual who's colonized may be forced to make a choice whether they elevate their status and standing in society or or remaining one of the people in the struggle and yes. and that is that is a fundamental aspect of that, of that colonization you man you got the house negro and the field negro yeah. and i'm field negro it's like no i'm not leaving the neighborhood yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. it's like i'm not going to make a choice to 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 be a Ben Carson and chuck and jive and I know you ain't being invited to the barbecue, brother. Like I know it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, and you're okay with it. We have politicians in our city, right? Who know I call them what do I call them? Petty bourgeoisie Negro, right? Like I always go like these petty bourgeoisie Negro walking around in suit and tie, chucking and jiving in the state house. Like this is what they do. It's like you have to put your hand on that Bible and get sworn into the state. Yeah. You are making a conscious decision to leave the people and you fundamentally understand that you're doing because when you yeah. see because when you see us down the street saying black power, like there's hundreds of us. You have to look outside of the window and knowing you're a bitch ass nigga. Like you gotta do the bitch ass nigga shit, like to get there. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. think about it, brother. Like I think about this shit all the time. Like, I wake up with freedom in my mind every day, but I also am accountable to my people, right? And so it's like, you will never see me put my pants on knowing I'm doing some bitch-ass nigga shit. Like, you know it. It's like, Hermes is the truth. PDP is the truth. It's like, I refuse to because the people are that important to me. It's like, I'm not going to manfully. Who do I look like? No. Because I know you're making it. They've even told me that shit. There is yeah. like, yeah, you know, my husband. I, you know, there, there is one politician in the city. I'm not going to say his name. And, that and I know his husband. To just, I, I, want, I want the listeners to understand something. Aramis, he's not fronting. Like, this is real shit. This dude, you know, he brushes elbows with politicians and shit that you know they've come to him. He's the type of person that can get hundreds of people mobilized from his community for action. So what this dude's talking about, like, you, you, I want you to understand that this ain't talk. This is the real deal. He, he actually is an organizer. So sorry to interrupt, but I just, I really want, I want our listeners and watchers to understand fundamentally that you're about it by, you're not just talking about it. You're not just, you know, front about all this stuff. Like you do it. You are an organizer. You are a person of power in your community. And so your criticism is valid. You know, it's not like you're some oh. armchair white leftist talking about, you know, other leftists no. selling out or something and not doing a damn no. thing. This is not even remote. Like he is on that that power paradigm where he's doing it, you know. So um so continue what you're saying, you know, with We are I say to people all the time. The People's Justice Project and JJC, we are the vanguard. We are the advanced detachment of the African working class. We lead always, yeah. always. Power in our organization with the people. And so I am just one part of the organization. I talk a lot of shit and the people I organize, but I have a whole team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I just special in riding the theory down organizing the people and not giving a fuck. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's my role. Like, I'm going to be at 
the courthouse. Yeah. And, and no, I'm going to be in the street. But my comrade, Miss Tammy, is not going to do that. She's going to be the one organizing the people. She's going to be having training. She's going to be with the people. I take that shit and throw it into a fight to practice it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, or, or, or we build yeah. leaders. So, like, you might be a part who's, like, questioning stuff. And I will come over here. I, I, I'm doing a training. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, oh, you can act out that shit because I always say this shit. It's like there is a dialectical relationship okay. you have with people. You know what I mean? Where you, you, you love the people. There, there are all these – every class yeah. has an event attachment. In the United States, you have like Mitch McConnell's or like um, – uh, people who are elected officials. Those are advanced attachments of that class. Then you have people like myself and others who are advanced attachments of the African working class okay. who who can come you, through t- time periods. Can you just, you know what I'm so just a few words, just, just a quick explanation. Uh, obviously not dictionary definition, but just for those that are following but aren't familiar with terms, um, you say you say Vanguard a lot. Um, real fast, like, can you just elaborate what that is, real quick, as well as oh, as the attachment of class? Can you just clarify that okay. for our watchers, yeah. listeners? When we say vanguard. Yeah. It comes through study, right? It comes through struggle, organizing, and figuring out who you, what your org has become. Not every organization is a vanguard organization. Okay. Sometimes they get to points in history when they, the people call them the Vanguard yes. organization. You know what I'm and so when the People's Justice Project got to that point in history, I was required to write it. And I had to go study to figure out what the hell should we call ourselves. Because people start calling us the left. That's what happened. Yeah. They made a mistake. So people, white leftists start coming up saying, oh, people, the left, the left, the left. Yeah. And I was like, we're not the left. We're not the left. We are the Vanguard. Like, mm-hmm. we, we lead always with the people. That's what, yeah. when we show up, it's like it's it's about yeah. twenty of us. You know what I'm saying? Or when we show up, there we're talking about philosophy and history and our struggle, right? When we we're not talking about um, we'll, you know how people will be like, you know, you have been, you have organizations like DSAs and like these national orgs yeah. who they don't even call themselves revolutionaries, man. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 will literally. The critique of DSA is oftentimes where we go with because we watch them. It's like, yo, like this is the headquarters of imperialism. How the fuck are you trying to organize African people to protect the institution they're fighting against? You idiot. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Interesting. Uh, why, you know, in our, sta- in our state, D- man, brother, DSA one time came up to me. At okay. the bar, I was like, "Yo, you want to help us organize it today?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, what?" And they spent an hour talking about their feelings. I'm like, "Whoa, like this is not how we do shit." Yeah. You know what I'm this saying? is a revolution. We have an agenda. This is a social club, <laughs> huh? This is a, this isn't a socialist club. It's a, a socialist club. It's a social club. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it's like well, I'm not trying to hang out with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to go home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You asked me to come help you organize. That's mm-hmm. what I it's do. About the and I'm in there talking about democracy. Dem- brother. Yeah. Self-determination is the highest form of democracy. These motherfuckers Absolutely. think democracy is a bunch of a bunch of committees and decision makers. You're immobile. Yeah. Because I always say this. 
Well, I said to you before, people follow power. They don't follow mm-hmm. ideology. Give up. Until you practice that shit out in the street, then it becomes real. What did Shay tell us? Yeah. Shay told us. He was like, we weren't succumbing until we run a revolution. You know what I'm saying? We did, you know, it worked, we weren't marches to the top. And so it's like, it's like you're sitting here. Yeah. Philosophizing for philosophy. We are, no. Probably going to say without his, we're about action, not about philosophizing. Like, we don't, what do I say? I was just going to interject. So that's, you know, that, that is something like, once again, if you're in the DSA, yeah, be in the DSA, but expand to the struggle and start realizing these things that there's a lot more colonization at the root of stuff. You know, I'm a member of the DSA straight up. I don't agree with everything. There's issues, whatever you have to be active. You absolutely have to do something. So do it. But at the same time, always be trying to learn, expand your thing dialectics what is not working the dsa what is the root of the problem how do we fix it that type of thing he said something that is very important to understand particularly for all of us quote leftists and that is you have to remember i'm somebody i love knowledge i love studying i love debating talking about politics obviously that's why i'm doing this show and i can read theory and philosophy and all this stuff but i understand that that has nothing to do with actually a revolution. And when you say that people don't follow ideology, they follow power, that is something that is 100% true. People don't respond to ideology. You have to connect with them on that level. That being said, before we kind of dive into that stuff, something that's very interesting because, you know, you've been saying dialectics a lot, um, you've been saying Vanguard, and you're talking about Che and this type of thing. This is something that I, I, I think is very fascinating and I can relate to. I don't like to specifically identify as any one ideology because I love learning no, and, and, and dialectics, finding out what works, what doesn't work, redeveloping my worldview. If I was some closed off person and I had this conversation with him earlier, like if I was some devout, you know, Marxist or something, Lenin, some MLR, I'd be like, oh no, man, it's capitalism. Like, I wouldn't be open. So you have to remain open. That being said, talking to Aramis, you might assume he identifies as a communist and he doesn't. Um, so I want to kind of talk about that because you see that whole paradigm. Once again, Marx was living in Europe while Europe was colonizing the world. So that ideology, although there's, you know, there's, I want to talk about Marxism, it's still part of that paradigm that cuts out the colonized. So I want to talk to you about that, Hermes. Like, you yes. know, obviously I said yes. you don't identify anything, but let's talk about why you don't identify anything and why you see that as being tied into the whole political paradigm. Because some of you may not fully understand what, what he's talking about because some of this stuff may be so new to you because you haven't considered it. So lay it out here. Let's talk about why, yes, Marxism and stuff has, has truth to it, but it's, it's, it's problematic for somebody who is colonized. Because the thing about what Marx gave to the world was one thing he was able to break down capitalism during the industrial revolution he is seeing that shit which was an era of colonization (laughs) but it is only look marx says one thing where we were like yeah okay we're not marxists we are we are we're what do i always say i said we're not marxists we're the African working class. Yeah. We're the colonized, right? We take Marx's investigation of historical materialism and use it for us. Yeah. So for your Mao struggle. was not a Mao was colonized. 
Lenin was answering the questions of feudalism to answer to Europe. That's what he was. That's what was going on in seventeen seventeen. Carmen Krumah, Che, uh, Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela said one of the illest shit, man. (laughs) He said. He said we were we were not Marxists. We were just trying to gain independence in our own country. We studied him, yeah. but we weren't. The, you know how you got motherfuckers in this in this country who will lay their life down for Marx. It's like dumb. Yeah. No, he created our own theory called African materialism. African materialism. Yes, because what we say at PJT at PJP, we study the revolutionary movements around the world. That's my role, right? Like, that's what I do, you know what I mean? And so when you examine it, you're like, oh, wait, Ho Chi Minh, Kwame Nkrumah, and take it to Ray, all these people were struggling against colonialism. There was no concept of saying we want communism if you already had it in your culture and it was yeah. interrupted by Europeans coming to colonize it. It's like, it's like no, no, you're mistaken. Colo- co- co- uh, co- communism mm-hmm. is only the absence of state. That's the only thing. That is it. We can't call ourselves communists in this country if you're in the belly and you are attacked, attacked by the state every time you walk out. It's like, wait a minute, who needs the state? The colonizer needs the state. We don't need the state. So how are you going to tell me I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a communist or a socialist or whatever the fuck? We are the vanguard. We lead the struggle. It's like, yeah. if you want to join black power, you join the struggle with us. Because everything you're going to come up with is going to be based off of the colonization of the masses of yeah. the people. That's it. Yeah. Even, remember, remember, remember read this. Mark said this. Mark, and Mrs. Barber, like, you're on something, Mark. He said his only time Mark says something about slavery or African people. Listen, this is a poverty of philosophy, all right? Direct slavery is just as much a pivot of bourgeoisie industry as machinery, credits, etc. Without slavery, you have no cotton. Without, without cotton, you have no modern industry. It is slavery that gave the colonies their value. It is the colonies that are that is the colonies that are created world trade. It is world trade that is the precondition to large scale industry. Without slavery, North America, the most progressive country, would be transformed into a patriarchal country. Wipe North America off the map of the world, and you will have anarchy. The complete decay of modern commerce and civilization cause slavery to disappear, and you will be wiped off. You will wipe America off the map of nations. It's Karl Marx. It's their, your Karl Marx. Uh, socialist. This is who he he recognized yeah. that it is slave Africans that rest on the pedestal to everything you have. Yeah. And so to sum it up, because once again, like like I said, some people this is very new to them. Basically, what it boils down to is he is saying, I could be wrong. I want you to just make sure I'm right. That to sum it up, as a black man, as the most colonized and oppressed individual person from a group of individuals that has been impressed on the face of this planet these these struggles these philosophies this fight between left and right and everything that's not their struggle 
their struggle is the oppression of colonization. And so they have been cut out entirely from the paradigm of which you either support or struggle against. So there's a left and there's a right fighting amongst each other worldwide because they are from colonizing countries. And then there are the people that are from below that your struggles are not necessarily their struggles. One thing that you said in our other conversation that was I want to dive into is you said fundamentally fascism, the struggle against fascism is white people's struggle, basically. Because you experience fascism as a black person being colonized in this country, regardless of of you know who's in power or whatever. And so, can you can you elaborate? I I I may you know can you elaborate so gotta, on that? I, say, I got to say to the they'll confuse you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> they'll want you to they'll try to confuse you. Uh, we're the African working class. Yes. Like, we properly understand our struggle against colonial slavery. When I say this, I say fascism is only a term used to define a phenomenon where white people do to other white people. What white people have been doing to African people mm. in the colonies for centuries is yeah. like once economy is revealed to yeah. you, we deal with it since we set foot on the Western Hemisphere. You're confusing the act, you're looking at a colonizer, yeah. a Donald Trump or whatever, and you're like, oh my God, you know, this is not the America. It's like, nigga, this is, we know Donald Trump's down the street. Like, you know, <laughs> we know them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he is no different than, say, Bubba down in the, yeah. you know, in the sticks. And you, you, when white people get it revealed to them, mm-hmm. you're trying to compare a, a definition that deals with Mussolini and deals with uh, 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 Hitler when it came on the scene based off of colonialism. Yeah. That's it. So the threat like, of fascism to white people is that they may end up experiencing what black people already experience, oppression in that form no, of no, colonization. No, no. Oftentimes, I love my white liberal friends, yeah. like, and I got no problem with them, but it's like, there is this obsession with American exceptionalism, you see, yeah. where an individual, follow me, an individual can represent to the world <laughs> how fucking crazy this place is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, and so, look at the news, man. Like, it's like, I told my, I think I told you this. Isn't it Crazy, you know, we, we're about the same age, right? We grew up with 9 11 on that shit, yeah. Bush, Obama years, right? Isn't it funny that there was a whole four year period there was no war on terror? <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, look at the Bush media, everything had to deal with his buffoonery, yeah. you see, and then it got into white folks' heads because, oh no, he, he can't be this crazy. He's saying, he's saying the Muslim ban is like. Nigga, they do that shit. Like, they've been doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, locking brothers up every day. Yeah. He's just telling them they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the blinders were removed. Mm-hmm. Right on. But that's not fascism. That is called colonial capitalism. Colonial that capitalism. is what it is. A whole brother. Yeah. How many people vote for that motherfucker? A couple million, man. 
it's like that's what I told my people. I was like, no, it's not about him being elected. It's people who did vote for him. They, they exist. So it's like you're asking, you're telling African people and colonists to struggle against fascism. No, it's against the state. Yeah. That's what our struggle is. Until you understand that relationship, you're going to have a fetishization with the United States of America and Europe yeah. all the way through. Not in its history and how it You'll sit there yeah. and defend it to your death. We are not doing that. We're, we're historical materialists. We're like, this is how this shit works. 